Listeners, welcome back to Last Film Standing, episode number 116, your conversation on movie review and news podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Jones, and joining me, as always, the man who, uh, he retired once, he was disgraced, and he has come back to the podcast. He thought he may or may not have had an illegitimate child out there in the world somewhere trying to do a little bit better than his father did. And saving the world, kind of, which we'll get into in a little bit. And of course, retaliating that he was supposed to do last June and then bailed out four weeks before he was supposed to. And now he's back this summer, the man known only as Zrafko Rosic, but for all intents and purposes, you can call him Z. Uh, I only know of one man who could order a thing like that. And I voted for him. Sprang break forever. <laughs> On today's show, we'll be talking about recent releases, Olympus Has Fallen, Admission, The Place Beyond the Pines, The Host, and G.I. Joe Retaliation. Yes, and we'll also be discussing this week's Plugs of the Week. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you just joining Last Film Standing for the very first time to be a part of the show, you can tweet at either my self on Twitter at Lamar Diablo. It's L-A-M-A-R Diablo. You can uh, tweet and follow Zed here at Last Z Standing. Email us at feedback at lastfilmstanding.com. And then, of course, you can write on our Facebook fan page wall at facebook.com slash lastfilmstanding. And so, listeners, without further ado, let's, let's go, go to, to the, the movies. movies. So, first up, we have Olympus Has Fallen, the uh, classic, classic film that is currently being remade. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> pulled, uh, it came, you don't want to finish that one. It's like, just, just down here. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, so, uh, Olympus Has Fallen came out a couple of weeks ago, uh, pulled in $30.3 million its opening weekend. Uh, it's about a disgraced former presidential guard, Mike Batting who finds himself trapped inside the White House in the wake of a terrorist attack, and using his inside knowledge, Banning works with national security to rescue the president from his kidnappers. Uh, it's directed by Anton Fuqua. You um, might remember him, his name, most prominently for Training Day. And then he also did the uh, Mark Wahlberg movie Shooter and then the remake of King Arthur with Clive Owen. Stars Gerard Butler, Aaron Eckhart, and Morgan Freeman. And then uh, it was written by Creighton Rothenberger. Uh, this is their first feature. I'm actually not sure if it's a man or a woman. I would assume it's a woman. It's a cool name, actually, with Creighton. Um, and then Katrin Benedict, uh, her first feature as well. Um, so Limbus has fallen. Both of us uh, have seen this. Um... I have talked endlessly about Jared Butler returning to form. Um, do you think that Jared Butler has returned to form? Is this this is finally feel like he's done on this string of romantic comedies, and it's like finally here's Jared Butler that we thought we were gonna get kind of thing. Uh, you know, I'm kind of conflicted about it. Um, I think it would have been Jared Butler returning to form if the movie would have been better. Um, I think his performance is fine, and um, he sells it well enough. It never feels like he's, like, kind of fish out of water doing action. Um, He still has that aspect. Um, He's got a nice sort of comedic kind of, you know, sense to him, uh, even in this film, kind of, he's, he's able to crack a few jokes where you're kind of like, okay, you know, that, that works, it's fine, you know, especially for the film that this is, um, 
but unfortunately, I think he kind of landed, and and I know he's a co-producer on this yeah, film. Uh, so, um, unfortunately, this film just isn't quite, you know, just that great. You know, uh, while you watch it, and and there are a few moments where you're kind of like, okay, this feels good. All right, let's let's kind of kick ass, and um, you know, I these kind of movies you really have to measure up to some to a film like Air Force One. You know, yeah. I think that's probably like the measuring stick for this kind of like president gets kidnapped or, you know, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> and while you have the star power for it, I mean, you have Aaron Eckhart, who's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's a and, big cast. You know, it's like you have, yeah, Gerard Butler and, you know, just great cast. It just doesn't quite gel, and it just feels, you know, it, it's it's. The problem with this is, <laughs> uh, and and you know, we'll compare it a little bit later to GI Joe Retaliation, which kind of has similar themes in it. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> funny enough, but yeah, it does. Yeah. And um, this is supposed to be a more grounded. This is supposed to be kind of like, it's realistic, but, you know, it's kind of like, but they somehow managed to make Morgan Freeman, who's usually kind of a badass in his own way. Yeah. They they made him seem like a, well, for lack of a better word, I'm going to be explicit and say pussy. Yeah. I and, and, I and I was just kind of like dumbfounded. Like, there was one big thing that really bothered me about it, and it was the fact that uh, the United States government was capitulating to terrorists because they had our president. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. And and well. to be honest, like, yeah. I would have felt so much better about it if, if uh, Morgan Freeman had just kind of, like, looked at them and, and gone, like, fuck you kind of thing, basically. Yeah, like, we do not negotiate with you, <laughs> and and yeah. like ended it kind of like right there. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, we're gonna try and get President back, and you know, like they they the the movie could have been com- almost like completely unchanged. Yeah, but that whole moment of like us pulling the troops out of whatever that did not need to happen. Like it was, yeah. it's it's weird, and I don't know why they would have done that in the movie. Why that decision was made. Yeah, and the same way, like them giving up the codes, th- that could have gone like down in a completely different way. For him to be like, "No, tell them the code." No, like, then the president starts <laughs> looking like like uh, like a wimp. Yeah, you know. No, I agree. It's I like, think they... and even if he had said that to to that uh, specifically t- uh, at that moment where they were beating that one, uh, whoever she was. <laughs> and uh and um and you know he's like no tell them you know it's an order i would have felt so much better and so much more hype if she uh, if she had said something like yeah. with all due respect mr mr president you can shove that order or something yeah. like that that would have been kind of like fuck yeah you know yeah. like and not against him but it was just kind of like have been you know still like yeah fuck you terrorists kind of thing um so so I felt disappointed with those aspects of the film and just kind of really 
somewhat ruined the whole experience for me. Well, I think part of the problem, too, um, I, I was reading an article a few weeks ago that this is primarily in reference to video games, but he also spoke about its influence on movies, and he was just like, you know, he's like, as much as I enjoy what has come in the wake of Batman Begins, he's like, I feel like Christopher Nolan has ruined entertainment for some people because they don't really understand what he did. Um, and it kind of goes on to talk about how he's just like, you know, all, all, he, he was saying that he was very tired of interviews where everyone's saying, oh, and we wanted to take the gritty approach. We wanted to take the realist approach. We wanted to take this dark approach. And he's just like, there's a way to do that. But if you're going to do that, you have to go all the way when you're doing that. Exactly. And, and this movie, it's like, to your point, like, I thought everything seemed like vaguely plausible in that like graphic novel kind of like yeah, cool like you, anime you, you style. Give them, you give them yeah. that sense of like, oh yeah, they could actually yeah. attack. Like yeah. outside of like a lot of different like things, but you kind of give them that yeah. aspect of it. And there was like, you know, the thing where it's like, oh, are there turrets on the White House? Oh, yeah, there are actually, Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, there are, there they have like, like they should be. <laughs> uh, earth to air missiles yeah. and like all kinds of stuff. I think they even have like the tomahawk missiles or stuff like that. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, like this is so cool. But then like when it got down to the actual, like, all right, we're watching sort of action movie with action star attacks of the movie. Like I was just thinking, man, like it would have been cool if this was like Schwarzenegger's return. And so I was looking forward to like cool lines and there's like not really those lines. Like no one really dies in that kind of like, yeah right but that was awesome kind of way like to to z's point like there's no like there weren't like there weren't those crowd pleasing like yeah like see like he said that or she said that like those kind of moments it was just like well i had one person in my in in the movie (laughs) theater with me that was like clapping throughout the movie i think this did get like a uh a round of applause at the end and it's like you know like it's an entertaining movie but it felt ordinary kind of needlessly sort of thing like it felt like it should have been like oh here is a spectacular kill here like here is like a oh here's like the henchman badass like it's like if you're gonna go all the way with like these cliche kind of like pull out troops like they have the president this kidnap thing like taking time like aspects of it like just the parts of it that made it fun weren't fully explored and the rest of it was kind of oh, okay like that was interesting and kind of thing like I, it's I, like let's watch us uh just destroy the white house yeah. and look how cool it, it came off it. as a um and it was funny because my dad didn't like i was talking to him after i saw it and he was just like yeah he's like it just reminded me of like season i think it's like seven of 24 this basically is what happens and i was like oh did you know like that why was are the you guy. telling me that of course spoilers and, uh, and he was like he was like oh doesn't uh he, i was like did you know that you know antoine fuca was actually supposed to direct the 24 movie for like the longest time and he's like oh no he's like but that makes sense because he's like they keep calling out like what's happening in real time like there's always a little thing in the bottom left that was like oh it's this time it's this time it's this time and i was like yeah i'm, re- I'm curious to know how much of this maybe this was the 24 idea. movie yeah that they just were like oh, okay let's just like change this and this and this and this and this um but I, it's you know it's 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 fun, but call Jack Bauer. Yeah, which would have been awesome. <laughs> um, it's like I got this. Yeah, exactly. Get out of here. <laughs> Jack Bauer would have just walked up on the lawn, and they would have just surrendered. Being like, like I'm sorry, no, we, we don't. They, want to... they have who outside? <laughs> Jack Bauer. Exactly. It's over. 
The one thing that I will say about this movie, though, uh, this movie, and I remember mentioning Mrs. E last week, um, they felt like they had to keep reminding us that it was R-rated by, like, inserting as many, like, as much profanity as, like, they possibly could. And I remember, like, after, like, a third of the way to the movie, I was just like, I get it. <laughs> like, I was like, we're, it's like, I feel like it's not even to the point where it's, like, cool or, like, working, I, being worked yeah, I naturally mean, I, in I the conversation. I, don't, I mean, outside of, like, sort of maybe, like, the imagery that, of, like, the White House being destroyed and stuff like that, I don't see the need for R-rated. Yeah. For this movie to be R-rated. I mean, it's a purely action movie, so, like, just according to sort of, like, the... Yeah. I mean, I mean some was of the... Was G.I. Joe yeah. R-rated? No, it's PG-13. Okay, yeah. so why wouldn't couldn't have this movie been PG-13? There was no reason for it. There, There's no, no, like, really kind of truly adult themes about it. Yeah. Where you would say, like, oh, this is really kind of, like, hitting home emotionally and, like, all this stuff. So we had to have that kind of sense of, of you know, like, we wanted to make it R-rated to, to give it, yeah. you know, that. This could have been, honestly, yeah, I mean, just. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, so, so how did you, like, feel about, you know, rating this? Yeah, I mean, I, I gave it uh, basically just three out of five stars. I just kind of felt it was something that you just kind of was stumbled across on Netflix. Um, like, there's, there's, like, several movies on Netflix now that there's one in particular that's Bruce Willis and Josh Duhamel and someone else on um, that I'm not entirely sure that it had a uh, wide release. It may have been out for a couple of weeks and then kind of went straight to the uh, video on-demand market. But it's one of those movies where it's like, oh, okay, you would recognize, oh, Jared Butler was in that, Aaron Eckhart's in that, and, like, Ashley Judd and all these, like, people. But then it's just like, it doesn't really... It's like a fun streaming movie. It's a fun, chill movie. But outside of that, I kind of... I'm even, like, um, kind of a little um, weary of of recommending it even then, to be honest. Like, I think there's a lot more a lot better stuff out there to watch even just from the fun aspect yeah just this movie kind of um as i said like none of the actors come off too bad like you know it's not like acted terribly it's not it's just kind of like one of those movies where you're like hmm really the only things worth seeing is sort of that scene of like the the whole white house like fight thing yeah and after that, it's just kind of like, okay, we've seen sort of this thing, and that's pretty much it. I don't, you know, like, there's nothing else to see. Like, everything else is kind of like whatever. Yeah. Um, so, so overall, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. So I'd have to really go down to maybe like two and a half stars. So that's, to me, like below average. It'd be- really, you might as well skip this movie. This is not something that... that you'll ever go like oh fuck yeah you know i saw this movie like there's no epic get off my plane line see uh, i think what this this movie needed was to swap protagonist uh with the movie um was it called snow or was it just his character snow 
No, it wasn't called snow. He was just, uh, yeah. Lock up, lockout, yeah. lockout. I yeah, think. something like that. Just if they if they would have had yeah. if they would have had snow <laughs> inside of Olympus has fallen, and then that Jared Butler awesome. and lockout. No, 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 snow. Snow is one of the snow. best characters ever, man. It's so awesome. Like if you've never seen uh, Lockup, I think it's called. I think it is called Lockup. Um, check that movie out. It's you know it's kind of one of those mediocre movies yeah. it's it's a low budget sci-fi movie whatever but like that character is just awesome and so well played by uh by um um guy pierce, guy pierce yeah. that just you know he's worth the, the watching that entire movie for <laughs> Snow. Yeah. um i guess it was based on escape from new york that uh, uh, the, lock up, uh, lock up. Yeah, it was actually kind of like that was the general idea to kind of take that same premise and put it in space. Yeah, because everything is better in space. Like a police force. What are you policing? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so so then after Olympus has fallen, Jared Butler. Received admission <laughs> to to his local college. Yeah, to um, library card. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I just skipped that terrible skit. Segway. Um, admission. Um, the newest film starring Tina Fey, also Paul Rudd and uh, Nat Wolf. Uh, it made about six point one million. Um, so you know, kind of. A little bit of a meager take, yeah. Um, on the meager side, I guess, uh, for sort of a comedy starring these people, yeah. Um, it was directed by Paul Weitz, who uh, is known for About a Boy, which I particularly like, and and uh, um, what's his name from Warm Bodies? Nicholas Holt uh, was actually the boy in About a Boy. Um, oh, that's interesting. And um, yeah, and uh, you also have in Good Company and American Pie was also directed by him. Um, it was written by Karen Croner, uh, who wrote One True Thing, and it was based on a novel by Jean Hunt Corlitz. Um, and basically, it's a story of a Princeton admission officer played by Tina Fey who's uh, up for a major promotion and she takes a professional risk after she meets a college-bound alternative school kid who just might be the son she gave up years ago in a secret adoption. Um, And that's admission. Um, You know, I I was really... I might have uh, seen this, but uh, we kind (laughs) of had a number of films to see and, uh, you know, stuff was happening around us. So... um, so I never actually had a chance to see it, but um, yeah, I was also not that greatly interested. It just never really kind of like the trailers and and everything just never really caught my attention to say like well, you know while I'm a fan of Tina Fey, she really kind of yeah. does great work, um, and Paul Rudd is just always solid. You know, kind of seems like he would fit in there in there nicely. I just never really felt like it um now you saw it and uh so how did this uh whole 
thing work out between the two of them? Did they, did they manage to pull pull off a surprise? Did like those kids did get they, together? Did they manage to pull off a Steve Carell on us, where like mm -hmm. a mediocre sounding premise turns out to be good, or just you know, no? Uh, I would put this in actually. Uh, I'll, I'll backtrack out of that. I was going to say that it, it, it's sort of in the same league as Dan in real life where um, it's just a really solid movie, but I feel like, and this isn't taking anything away from admission, I feel like I'll remember more about um, Dan in real life than I will with this movie, and this movie's good. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, that seems to be kind of one of your yeah. go-to movies. Um, it's a good movie admission, but... It's in that sort of awkward uh, space where Z and I have talked about before where, you know, normally when a movie's really good, you can talk endlessly about it. When it's really bad, you can talk endlessly about it. But when a movie's just kind of good and that's sort of it, that's kind of what this movie is. Like, there's not a whole lot to say about it. Um, Tina Fey, uh, was, you know, classic Tina Fey in it. Uh, Paul Rudd's kind of, you know, he does his thing um, without having the, I guess you could say, opportunity or reason to kind of be his uh, kind of vulgar self, but um, he plays like a father. He? he doesn't, yeah, he's not in this. Uh, he plays kind of a father-type role. I'd um, see that. I'd like to see him branch out a little bit from, yeah. from that kind of character that he seems to play always. Yeah, like the big kid sort of thing. Yeah. Um, in the uh, foster family with Seth Rogen as his older brother, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he plays a uh, you know this this guy who is sort of well traveled, um, and he has an adopted son, um, and he plays that you know it's well like it works, um, you know, there's nothing really you can kind of say it's against it. Uh, Nat Wolf, who's the kid that is um, you know from the trailers that. Um, may or may not be Tina Fey's uh, kind of lost, adopted, given up for adoption son. Um, he plays, like, his role pretty cool, like, with the little, um, you know, he kind of, as he says in the trailer, my mind goes on a walkabout sometimes. He has, like, kind of, like, these cool kind of quirky things about him whenever he's on screen, um, so he's really enjoyable to watch. And really the appeal of the movie, um, very much like a few weeks ago with The Call, is that you kind of get this cool look at a side of things that you don't normally get to um which is just the admissions process for colleges and there's like a several scenes where they're just kind of walking you through all right so you have all these people apply um how do they actually you know yeah they read all your essays and all this stuff and just as much as the really privileged kid might get you know an obvious yes they might get an obvious no um, and kind of, you know, the same thing at the other end of the spectrum, and it was kind of cool. But the thing that I thought was kind of most intriguing about this, which kind of has a huge plot point in the movie, um, is at the end of the day, when they sort of make this giant list, uh, all the emissions people basically sit in a room, and they just kind of go, okay, like, you or you're in charge of reading the Northeast, explain to me your picks, and then everyone votes on whether or not that person actually makes it in. Um, and so they really do have to kind of sell this person and kind of say, oh, hey, like, this person had, you know, not great SAT scores, not a great GPA, but their essay, you know, their parents are this, they're this and this. And it's kind of this very gray area of do we think they could succeed here? Are we actually going to be the difference between them becoming the next 
whatever. Um, and it's interesting because there's this character played by uh, the girl. Who- Do you feel that uh, that it was that it seemed like an honest process, or maybe kind of like uh, you know, did they? You know, do do you think that there's more like dirt underneath sort of the process, the actual in real life, or th- is this kind of like maybe a little bit of a rosy colored look at that? That actually gets brought up, which was like interesting um, by this uh, the girl who played Penelope and Lost. For those of you uh, who remember her, um, yeah, she uh, kind of the British girl, the uh, Desmond's um, like girlfriend. Oh, okay, um, yeah. Uh, and she basically plays this woman who she makes that same comment. She's just like, I don't understand the American system. In like Europe, if you have the highest scores, you have the highest scores. And she's like, I don't understand why you like what you guys sit around in a room doing. And they're definitely you could see like there are some legacy things where it's like, oh, okay, like my great grandfather, grandfather, father, like I'm just kind of because I cross all of the minimum test score things I'm a shoo-in kind of thing like there is like that conversation in the movie um and then there's the you know yeah I guess I guess because there's a lot of because money does play an influence in the US educational system in Europe it's different at least um you know what I can speak from in Germany like you you don't pay there's no like there's no way you can pay for education you either have good enough grades to get in or you don't have good enough grades to get in and that's the end of it. Yeah. There's no, like, in-between. There's yeah. no, like, you know... Yeah. You go through your school, you get your grades, you, you know, you reach the, the your plateau and then you basically go from there. Like, if you, if you can't get past, like, you know, whatever, eighth grade or ninth grade or if that's kind of where, you know, you're plateauing and you're kind of getting really kind of just passing there well then you're not going to go further you're going to go into a trade school and that's pretty much it you know kind of thing so it's like yeah so like that that aspect of it was pretty interesting um the story you know resolves itself in a way that um i think hollywood is finally kind of getting the idea of we don't have to wrap every single little plot point up into a nice kind of happy bow there is a little bit of like realistic gray area um where things don't kind of work out exactly as planned um in this movie which is kind of a nice touch uh i have no idea what how it relates to um you know if it's a very tight adaptation of the book or if it's just kind of takes you mean you didn't read the book didn't read the book um so write us tweet at us uh if if you actually read the book that didn't even know this was based on but um, overall, I guess I'd probably give it, like, three and a half stars. I mean, it's actually a pretty, as I said, it's a solid movie, but I just don't think it's particularly, like, memorable. Um, not because of the quality of the movie, but just because it's, you know, I guess it's nothing new, just a good story. Okay. So, so, so for us, kind of, like, who see a lot of movies, this yeah. is not something that's gonna stick out. Yeah. But uh, where was uh, so so? Where did they shoot it? Was it located <laughs> in? I think it wasn't Schenectady. It was. Uh, where was it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't even remember where it was from. It might even be. It might have been the West Coast of there, actually. Yeah. Even though I'm giving you a segue. Well, just not gonna take it. <laughs> if it wasn't in the West Coast, it would have to be someplace further. 
Maybe because you know the place beyond the pines. <laughs> so like, come on, come on! I'm, I'm, I'm like throwing this at you. Uh, so yes, place beyond the pines. Uh, limited release, I believe, only had four screens. Pulled in about two hundred and seventy-nine thousand dollars on those limited screens. So limited, in fact, that I didn't even realize it came out until I saw a post about. What are you going to see this weekend? And someone was like, The Host and A Place Beyond the Pines. And I was like, you can see that. Um, yes, you can. Yes, you can. That is New York and L.A., kids. That is New York and L.A. And sometimes you Don't be jealous. <laughs> uh, so Place Beyond the Pines, uh, a motorcycle stunt rider, turns to robbing banks as a way to provide for his lover and their newborn child. A decision that puts him on a collision course with an ambitious rookie cop navigating a department ruled by a corrupt detective. It is directed by Derek Sion Fronts, who uh, is responsible for Blue Valentine and a movie very far before that, actually, Brother Tide. I think he actually has some TV credits, which I thought was interesting. I didn't know that before, though. Um, and then stars Ryan Gosling, Bradley Cooper, Eva Mendez. And then it's written by uh, Derek Sion Fronts, um, who wrote the aforementioned um, in conjunction with Ben Coccio, uh, who wrote Zero Day, and then Darius Martyr also shares writing credit uh, with their first feature. Um, so I've had a little while to think about this. Uh, Z and I caught this Saturday morning. Um, and it's definitely a different movie. I don't know that I would say than the marking is, but it makes a lot of the quotes that are in that trailer make sense, uh, where they're just kind of like an epic tale about the consequences of sons and fathers. And I was just like, oh, that's interesting. The trailer doesn't really... All right, cool. Um, so then you watch this movie, and... I'm still a little torn on it because of the structure of it. It's like a good story, but I don't know if it was told in the way that resonated with me personally, kind of in a way that it maybe it could have. Um, I mean, as far as like as 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 I guess say like as far as marketing goes, so like. Flight was a huge one. Um, I remember something else that we saw that was kind of like not the movie that all that we were promised, but ended up, I guess, better than what we were thinking. Um, what yeah, are you? It was th- recently. Something. Yeah. Do you like? What are your sort of your thoughts on this movie as far as what the trailers are kind of conveying and what we actually saw? Um, yeah, it it is kind of the the thing is I think this film is very hard to to kind of like. <laughs> show too much in in yeah. the in the trailers and we always we often do complain about seeing too much in the trailers. Yeah. So I think this was marketed okay. It was definitely like it had even within the I think the trailers and stuff, the tone of them uh kind of reflected the tone of the film. Yeah. Like it was kind of like a you know, slow, airy kind of um just kind of, uh, a f- you know, a tone for a film that, that, you know, we did end up seeing. Yeah. I, I did not feel like I was going to go see something else and then, like, walk in and, like, you know, like, be caught off guard. Um, I, you know, I, I thought it was kind of interesting, the whole structure of the film, how you have basically this um, one character and then kind of, like, another character takes over. I mean, there's very few films that kind of take a protagonist. Yeah. 
uh, and then like switch them at some point. Like I think famously, the Psycho was I believe like the first film that that did yeah. that. That's why it was kind of like what you know, like he has a protagonist. <laughs> you know, like, all of a sudden she gets killed and you're just like, what the hell, you know, I thought she was, <laughs> you know, yeah. the, the protagonist of the film, but, um, you know, in this film, it, uh, there's uh, also a change that happens, like, about halfway through the film, maybe a little past halfway, um, and it's really cool, um, I, I enjoyed it, um, I think it's a really good, really well-made film, um, you know, I, it, it's hard sort of to say it's beautiful too, like shot yeah. really nice. Um, you know, it, it, it's really kind of like hard to describe without giving, you know, too much away. And, you know, it has very solid performances. It's, it really kind of delves into sort of, um, that kind of father son relationship and, and, and consequences of, you know, people's actions and, and how, you know, children respond and to what they respond. And, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, one story amongst many, uh, like possibilities, you yeah. know, uh, what could happen. And, uh, it's really cool. It's just, you know, very, a lot of flawed characters throughout the film. Um, you know, the one character that probably is, closest to perfect is um uh what's his name um um Eva Mendes husband um uh Kofi Kofi uh <laughs> is um he's probably like the closest to to kind of a you know perfect character within that film he's kind of like morally <laughs> yeah you know yeah, more, yeah. moral compass of yeah, the film I think um along with Ava Mendes, you know, the two of them kind of keep that yeah. sort of level. Um, I actually um, read an interview in backstage with Ava Mendes talking about how she actually had to really fight to get this part um, that um, Derek didn't really originally want her for it and she kind of chased him and hounded him and then Ryan Gosling kind of like put in a good word for her <laughs> so so then like finally he was like okay you know like he met with her and they basically didn't really have like a like a standard audition thing but they just kind of like hung out and like she took him to like you know where she grew up and stuff like that and they like just sat around and like talked and stuff like that um and so, like, then he was kind of, like, after a while, he kind of started seeing her as that character. And then he was just, like, and then he, he was, like, yeah, then, like, I almost couldn't see anyone else. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and actually, interestingly enough, she talks about that whole transition to, like, older self. Yeah. Um, where we were kind of, like, oh, it just seems like, some of the, those characters didn't really age like all that much. It feels I mean, like I noticed it more so than yeah. um, uh, like I know when like Alicia was talking about it because uh, I did remember like it just like I, it, it hit me immediately because of the like attempts to kind of do like on the eyebrows and like a little bit of the hair. Um, she actually apparently uh, did that like for her. Like yeah. she kind of like 
uh, almost like cut, cut off her <laughs> eyebrows completely as she was trying to figure out how to like age, yeah. make herself. Because the thing too is, it's yeah. not like it's. I mean, like there's a little bit of gray hair. I noticed yeah. that and that kind of stuff. It, it's not like that obvious, but it's also not like 35 years yeah. later. It's 15, 15. Yeah. and you know. Sometimes people just don't age that much in 15 <laughs> years. Like, you can see, like, certain things, yeah. like, change, but, like, yeah. they're still, for the most part, the same person. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just uh, sort of like we were talking about with the, you know, just the, the with the structure of it, the reason we're kind of tap dancing around is because there's kind of a huge plot point which kicks off sort of the structure um, kind of in this in this, this movie. Um, Performance-wise, you know, uh, we were joking a little bit about Ryan Gosling after we saw the movie, um... And he's he's one of those people who um, is great at what he does, and I think it's partially because of the movies that he picks to be in, um, that he's able to kind of play a very, like, subdued, sort of minimalist uh, type of characters that you just kind of have this... You just kind of see the gears turning, kind of inside of them without yeah, them having to say a whole characters tend lot. to be like, kind of have a strong melancholic uh, quality to them. Yeah, where it's just like the world has not been kind to any of his characters. And then we uh, should brought up the Notebook. I really don't remember the Notebook like at all. It's like I haven't seen that in like ten, fifteen yeah, years. No, but I mean, like, I, I'm almost curious to go back and watch it now just to see if he's very like animated then, and that was like his sort of like. No. His, his I, I can't imagine that. <laughs> I just don't can't imagine yeah. that he would be. But who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a really uh, ambitious movie, um, sort of with the storytelling of it, and sort of uh, you know, it almost reminds me of what the Tree of Life kind of tried to do, or what that script must have seemed like before um, you know Malik kind of did you know infamously what he's what he does with his movies uh which apparently is throw the script out and just kind of wing it for nine hours sometimes um but this kind of you know this this had that same sort of thematic flow of going from like one character to the next to another to another um and i don't know it just it it was one of those movies as you said it's, it's a beautiful movie it's kind of well done but there's something about the structure of it that i was like man like and i can't i, th- I think the out. the the emotion of melancholy uh describes yeah uh probably the feel of the film yeah the best like it just has that kind of uh vibe throughout the film yeah you just kind of have that sort of sense of like okay you know this is kind of a yeah I think probably what, now I'm thinking about it, sort of like thinking out loud, I think the issue is sort of what we were talking about, where you do have this first part of the film that's just really, really tight, it's really interesting, and then when it kind of transitions into the second part of the film, there's a certain momentum that's lost, and I think probably that, that it's like not just a pacing thing, but a narr- like a narrative sort of momentum that's lost, that then like cor- like course corrects itself, um, when we get to the part where it's like 15 years later and it's like, okay, like now that all these things are kind of in place, now we're watching sort of those two earlier acts resolve themselves. And I guess it's like one of those things where it's like we need that time and we need that information, but it's just not as interesting as what came before or what comes after it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I guess you, you kind of do have to give the film the, the – 
the respect for taking its time with it. Yeah. You know? So it's not afraid of, like, you know, oh, we have to cut all this stuff out and then, like, kind of leave the audience yeah. a little bit hanging. And, um, you know, I think it's it's nice. Um, I, I like it. I mean, it's more of a film for people who are interested in characters than, than it is a film for pe people who want to see a specific type of story. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's really kind of like delves into sort of like these people and their lives and, uh, and how they, uh, react in these situations and what they are willing to do, what they're ready to do and what kind of, you know, what they're equipped with to, to deal with, you yeah. know, kind of, um, so, so those are kind of some of the things and, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, um, overall it's a, it's a really good film, yeah. you know, really good film. Um, one can't really complain about, you know, there's nothing that I can pick out and say that that was kind of stupid or whatever. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would give this movie, uh, probably it's somewhere in between three and a half and a four, um, really only just because of that sort of narrative thing because I feel like if whatever that solution was would have made this one of those movies that I probably would have wanted to rewatch several times just because of the themes and because of the amount of um, you know screen chronology that it kind of attacks uh, but I don't know it might be something I might actually try to pick up uh, just to read mm -hmm. I'm curiosity to see if there were things that kind of got, got clicked because it is a two and hour it's like a two hour and 20 minute movie I think it was, is it? Yeah, yeah. 220. Yeah. 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 Well, um, I mean, I would say probably somewhere around four, just because I'm, I really enjoyed the performances and stuff like that. It's not necessarily a film that I want to kind of rewatch over and over again, just yeah. because I feel like, um, I don't know. I feel like I, I got what I needed out of it. Um, but. It, w it was a good film and I really enjoyed it so you know, it's not something that I feel like anyone would be wasting their time watching yeah so you know we have that yeah and um, I guess the good thing is that you know within this film no one was possessed yes. by an alien entity and no one became the host in which case they had to wake me up <laughs> <laughs> is that the song uh it's called radioactive actually mm -hmm. Whatever. Um, <laughs> um yeah you should sing it come on go ahead what are you ashamed of um anyways the host um yes uh written by andrew nicole uh Known for uh, Gattaca, In Time, Lord of War, and The Truman Show. Um, also directed by the same person. And it was based on a novel by Stephanie Meyer, known from The Twilight fame. Um, so we know kind of which direction this uh, film is probably going to go. It is starring some really cool people. Um, I'm a huge fan of Sarah C. Ronan, uh, especially from um, Hannah, which was one of my uh, favorites of that year. Um, uh, Max Irons and Jake 
Abel or Abel, um, either way. Depends on if you're reading it in a, with a French pr pronunciation or American one. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the story of an unseen enemy who threatens mankind by taking over their, our bodies, and erasing our memories. Uh, Melanie will risk everything to protect the people she cares most about, proving that love can conquer all in a dangerous new world. Oh my God. <laughs> um, anyways, um, so that is the host. Um, uh, I didn't get the ch chance to see this. Um, surprisingly, it only took 10 million. I really expected this movie with the, you know, Easter weekend and everything to, you know, and considering it's from the makers of Twilight, uh, or the writer of Twilight series, uh, to kind of take in, you know, it's 40 it's mil or something like that, yeah. but, um, um, what do you think? What did you, uh, I mean, some of the advertising for me seemed kind of cool, I liked some of the imagery, um, the ideas are not bad, it just still kind of like to me seems like a little bit of a, you know, love conquers all thing, which I'm a little burned out on, <laughs> um, I'm not a big fan of that kind of theme in general fully, um, I feel like, you know, kind of Blue Valentine and, and stuff like that, that uh, from uh, Derek Siem friends uh, uh, kind of gives us a little bit more of like a different view on that whole um, idea. But um, how did you feel about the host? Does it kind of surpass its predecessor of Twilight <laughs> or does it kind of run the same kind of line? Does it tow the same line? I got a text from a friend in Atlanta right when I was about to start watching this movie where he was like, oh, have you seen, like, you know, G.I. Joe, have you seen all this and stuff? And then I was like, oh, I'm about to watch The Host. And he just goes, oh, people down here are calling that movie The Boring. And I was just like, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> so the first 20 minutes to 30 minutes of this movie are extremely slow for a movie that, has Twilight kind oh of in its rearview mirror. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for that song? Exactly. For, for that song, for Twilight in its rearview mirror, for a movie that's a sci-fi movie, uh, it's pretty slow. There's also a really, really huge issue that they're hiding from the trailers that took a long time to, like, get used to. Um, and what it is is... So the main character, and this all happens in the first five minutes, this isn't like, like a spoiler per se, but like the main character, Sayorse's character, uh, she basically, um, that scene where you see in the trailers where she jumps out of the window mm -hmm. is literally like the first 60 seconds of the movie. She's being chased when the movie opens, she jumps out, kills herself, she is on the table with, you know, the aliens, and they're basically just like, they insert her with one of their them. Uh, she comes back, but the Melanie, the character that she was playing when she was human, still exists inside of the head of the host, which is called the Wonder. Um, and there's this weird, like, 
it's like you're hearing the two of them, like their thoughts kind of conflicting at the same time. So you're hearing Melanie's voice, which is obviously the same character's voice, same actor's voice. And then you're hearing her speak out loud. And it takes so, it's like weird because it's like this constant, oh, wait, what am I doing inside this body? What are you doing? Like, who are you people? Like, da 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 da. And then, like, she's out loud saying, quiet, da da da. And it's like this, like, weird schizophrenic thing. And I was just like, yeah, I can see why this wasn't in the trailers. Interesting. And then it just goes on and it goes on. And then you kind of start to get used to it as you can kind of. I can see how that works in a book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and it, you do finally get to a point where you can, like, they are two distinctive characters. You're like, okay, I can get the Wanderer's, like, aspects, like, who that person is, and I can feel who, like, Melody is inside of her. Um, they kind of make it back to, you know, the Resistance, and then as far as the love aspect goes, I think maybe, like, Stephanie Meyer maybe herself was burnt out with the whole, like, everlasting love thing because it is a really really minor sort of thing um and it's kind of cool because it plays on the melanie was in love with this one guy and now that her personality is different this other second guy likes her but it's like this kind of strange duality of Wait, you mean to tell me that it's a love triangle? It's sort of a love quad thing, or rather, they're having to share the same body because... But they're in love Wanderer likes this other guy, whereas Melanie likes this new guy, and Melanie realizes that she can kind of affect motor control, so, like, every now and then, when the new guy goes to, like, say something to her or kiss her, she'll, like... Melanie will take over the body and like slap him kind of it's like one of those things where it's like oh this is kind of interesting so so it's like um basically the guys then stumped about what the hell the women really want and yeah. he doesn't know so it's basically, so basically it's, it's real life, it's real life. <laughs> yeah. so it's like one moment life, you're yeah. the best guy yeah. and the next moment you're getting slapped exactly um, and that's going on, <laughs> that's going on in the midst of them being like, okay, you know, she's, she's been, um, you know, inhabited, she's one of them, she's an alien, so we don't trust her, we, like, hate her, um, so she gets, like, roughed up a lot by, like, the whole group, and there's this awesome kind of conversation and that happens, um, where she's obviously speaking as the alien, and she's talking to the doctor, and she's basically just kind of being like, you know, the the trailers and everything, like, you would think that this is a very menacing sort of thing. And I guess technically, you know, if you're being inhabited by these invaded, that's what, like, you would perceive it as. But they're basically just like, we're an alien species that just enjoys the experience of living as other creatures because we can't exist on our own. And there are 12 known, like, to them sentient kind of like planets and this is however much like one for them and they just bond with them but it's like everything in humanity is still goes on as normal but it's just there's no you know crime hatred all that stuff and there's like a scene where she's um so they they basically but but they kind of take over like the the 
So the idea is that the personality that you had or like the your kind of being is like erased and it's then... basically you're still in there but you have no control. So it almost would be like you're in a body that's on autopilot and some people can still fight these like you know, them being uh what is the word? There's like an actual word. Possessed. That. I mean, I guess it's not possessed, but, you know, I, yeah, I guess just for the, all intents and purposes, we'll call it possessed. Yeah. Um, but it's like you can fight this, like, being possessed, basically, um, to the point where you can kind of take the body back over, but it's still, you wouldn't, like, be, like, fully them. They're just, like, key moments. Um, and as I said, just, like, it's, there are a lot of cool ideas in this. So do they kind of... Um... Is there kind of like the idea? Because what I got the sense is that, you know, these beings came down, they took over basically most of humanity, and then there are still sort of those pockets, and then these these beings are kind of trying to hunt down those pockets and take them out, and then these pockets of resistance are kind of trying to fight back. Is that... Yeah, it's sort of these pockets of resistance aren't actively trying to fight back. Fight back because these aliens aren't really hostile. Like they don't really so like like, if, like if even they when they ran, capture if you. If they walked into somebody like who wasn't the uh, host, would they just? They would still try to inhabit them. Um, like, basically, like, it wasn't, like, this whole, like, oh, like, you're captured and it looks like Terminator Salvation or any other yeah. given, like, you know, invasion or overrun thing. It was just kind of, like, they literally kind of spray with this mace thing that just says, like, um, they're kind of funny, like, on the outside of them. I think it's, like, it's, it's like, says, like, quiet or something like that. And they just spray you and you kind of are unconscious and then they do a little incision put one of the uh, aliens inside of you and then you're just like that person now um it's a very like non-violent thing but i don't the, know about that well i yeah. mean like <laughs> or rather i should say not human on human violence it's a very just like oh, okay like we're just gonna take you over this will take a second kind of thing but very much like the movie equilibrium there's then that theme of well you may think that you're making us better and kinder and more courteous and we're not destroying the planet anymore and we're not causing wars but it's our choice to do what we want to do so that's kind of in there there is the one character who is starting to become more human because that's the one that forgot what her name is but the one from the previews who's like the lead sort of seeker woman like trying to hunt them down she's starting to become more like i guess you could say human because she's starting to do more violent things like they literally kind of get to the point where you're like oh, well, what's the point? Like, they will just die out. Like, it's like, we'll be here for however long we're going to be here, and it won't really matter. And she's like, no, like, we need to squash out the resistance. We need to get them. And she starts using, like, guns and, like, starts just has this inherent violence to her, um, which is interesting, but they don't really... I thought this was going to be sort of that, like, you know, we get taken over by aliens and then it's kind of more of a, like a totalitarian kind of like rule. It's literally like, like friendly you would not like, notice you know. it. Like it's like, it's literally, we would just be having the same podcast, but we would just be inhabited by aliens. Like that's the difference in the world. Like our lives yeah, literally. The aliens might not feel like doing the podcast. That's true. Well, they would podcast about something else because they probably wouldn't be like 
movies. I don't, I don't, yeah, let's see, I don't think there would be an artistic expression. There was, like, one thing that was, like, the store was, like, a giant Sam's Club thing, but there's no money anymore. So it's just, like, you just walk in and, like, you and it just, like, they say, like, keys and stuff. You just take what you need and go home kind of thing. Um, and as I said, like, it's... it's So it's socialism. Probably. So basically, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. this movie is a analogy about a peaceful socialist takeover. Basically. <laughs> but you know again like it's it was a movie that had a lot of interesting ideas in it and a lot of the conversations that the alien has with people and it kind of goes on at length with who they are what they're doing and that kind of thing like that was interesting and as I was telling Z like it really felt more like a TV show it it, it feels like I can feel the like you know, the literariness of it where it's just like the uh you know, Wanda trying to, um, as they call the Wanderer when they get to know her, um, just, it's, it's, it's cool, but there's not a whole lot going on in the movie, which I guess you could say is kind of the criticism of the first Twilight movie, too, where it literally is just Robert Pattinson and Kristen, Kristen, not Kristen Stewart. Yeah, yeah. just staring at each other for 90 minutes like this movie is just people kind of like in between the parts. is it a good setting up of a world maybe could you see them like then doing more with this potentially I mean they do set up uh, as uh, I forgot what what the movie was where the reviewer was just like how dare you threaten me with a sequel um <laughs> but the movie does that and it like you know it threatens you with a sequel at the end of this where it's just like oh, okay this is what the conflict in this world will and would now be kind of thing but like the movie leading up to it so so are are humans able to take back yeah humans? and that's kind of like how do they destroy the alien they just pull it out but it's like a surgical thing. Like you couldn't. Like you have to have tools and know what so you're doing, you know, or else like, you would kill. Because it's knock like somebody out. Because it's like because it, it's on the spine, so you can't. You would have to like. There is a skill to like taking it, and then there's like a whole plot point as to how you can do it. By, you can't kill the queen, and then they all die. No. Oh man. Yeah. What kind of an alien <laughs> movie is this? <laughs> it pales. But yeah, ultimately, the host, uh, I mean, if you've read the book, uh, check it out. They made a movie based on your book. Uh, if you're a fan of Twilight, this isn't really at all the same thing because it's not, you know, this, like, impossible love story, primarily because the three characters realize that the girl character is not the girl character. You know what I mean? Like, it's like she's these two people, so it's like, I understand that you're an alien and I understand that like the girl that I liked is actually still inside of that body so, but it's not you know alright well I'll ask you more <laughs> questions because I don't want to give like yeah I mean, yeah, yeah. I, mean I, I could care less about spoilers I'm just curious about like what happens to her at the end yeah. um, but um, I guess we won't discuss yeah, that for right now yeah um this will be for um, if you want to ch- ch- if you want to hear about that, uh, we'll have a short uh, uh, comment thing after the podcast. Yeah. Um, as the, after the official end of the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. So. So yeah. Ultimately, uh, give the host uh, give it three stars. Um, 
it's got a lot of cool ideas for science fiction thing. Uh, probably more stuff that gets delved into in the book. Um, I don't think it's you know ten point six million uh, visually. Was, visually, it's a little. I just can't even see. The aliens when you see them are really cool. Everything else felt like they were trying to save money because it's like there's only like it's like yeah you have these like silver lotus and everything that they have is kind of chrome Nerd. looking and all stuff. and I was like there's not no one ever really acknowledges it like why that is I just assumed it was like equilibrium where it's like oh it's just it just is kind of thing because there's no one cares anymore but then regular people were still wearing regular clothes so I don't know <laughs> that was but as much as the resistance builds up, they never really try to retaliate for their for the invasion and the loss of all mankind. But you know who does? G.I. Joe's retaliate in G.I. Joe. Joe. The aptly named retaliation. Um, now this movie took getting about 40 plus mil. Um, the third which is one what has I, already been greenlit. Which is a, what I actually expected more, and The Rock is going to be in it, uh, which is w- more what I expected from the host. But I did expect it from this too. Um, yeah. Um, didn't I just introduce the host? Yeah. 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 So, we're getting, I guess it was my bad. <laughs> I didn't set you up for, for, uh, for a segue there. So yeah, G.I. Joe Retaliation, uh, 40 plus, as he said. Um, the Joes are back, and they're not only fighting. The Joes are back in town, Joes are back in town. There should, there should have been a song like that in the movie, actually. Uh, they're not only fighting. Well, there is the Boys Are Back in Town from Thin Lizzy. No, that's what I'm saying. They should have uh, did the, the cover with the Joes. Uh, they're not only fighting their mortal enemy, Cobra. They are forced to contend with threats from within the government that jeopardize their very existence. Uh, it's directed by John M. Chu, who uh, really is a dance movie director. Um, he did Step Up to The Street and Step Up 3D, uh, both fun and solid movies. Stars Dwayne Johnson, <laughs> DJ Katrina. Uh, Brandon Jones' opinions <laughs> do not necessarily <laughs> reflect the opinions of the entire last film standing group. You got served. Uh, Channing Tatum, Adrian Palicki, um, which I like the fact that she's actually trying to like inch her way into the uh, into the female badass club. That's very cool. Then um, it's written by Rhett Reese, uh, who's responsible for Monsters Inc., Zombieland, and Cruel Intentions Three. Kind of a strange filmography, but <laughs> why not? Uh, so most of you are like, "Wait a minute! I thought this movie came out last year, and I missed it." Um, it was four weeks from coming out last year when they finally pulled it. Rumors abound, uh, why it's been pulled. The official answer was that they wanted to convert it to 3D. Uh, I did not see this in 3D. I didn't really care to. Um, and then rumors were that um, Channing Tatum's character basically... Um, like, he wasn't in the movie as much as they wanted him to be. They kind of, you know, did they rewrite things? Did they reshoot things? Um, I kind of wish I would have seen the movie last summer to kind of get a sense for what would be different than is now. 
Uh, there's also a cameo that people literally were screaming WTF in the theater, which I also said, why is this person in this movie? There's no reason he needs to be in this movie. Do I maybe not know? Oh, you mean... Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, what? what? Why? <laughs> First cameo where I was like, oh, cool. I was just like, but why? Um, G.I. Joe Retaliation... It is come out finally. Uh, is it worth the wait? Like I guess what I should say is, did you did you actually watch the cartoon when you were a kid? I knew of the cartoon, but I don't. I didn't watch the cartoon. No, I didn't. I I, I didn't watch the, the cartoon. I didn't play with the toys because we didn't have GI Joe toys. Um, True. You know, I was like, <laughs> I was more like the He Man and the Masters of the Universe and that kind of stuff. Um, those were like the toys that I played with. Um, because you know, so G.I. Joe really carries no weight with me as far as, like, I'm kind of like, oh, you know, I remember this and I remember that or yeah. whatever it is, so. Because the movie felt like, more so than the first one, the first one felt like as, as, as high, like, not even concept, just as, like, heightened movie. Like, like the, fir- yeah. the first one felt like a live-action cartoon. And this one... A little less so, but it felt like a giant wink to like everyone who's watched the cartoon. Yeah, like, it it did. Like I I I mean I don't have that kind of thing, but it does feel like oh, okay, this is for people who like, know what's going yeah, on already. All these characters yeah. are gonna be like oh yeah, and they had this character and that character in there. Like you know maybe like the toys and whatever. Yeah, you know maybe even like outfits. Yeah. Like, I know that was, like, a big yeah. thing. Yeah, just different uniforms. I, I mean, I don't know if you felt like this, but I felt like this movie was, like, a giant trailer for something else. Because it's, like, <laughs> like it's, like, I, like, I'm trying to like even think back to, like, what was actually happening in the movie. And I was just, like, there's no, um, as I was telling, um, D, like, the friend that I saw it with. Uh, and then well, f- I'll tell you what yeah. happened in this movie. <laughs> this movie is Olympus Has Fallen, where they were like, the just universe. fuck it. Let's just have some fun with it. Yeah. This is Olympus Has Fallen with some fun. Yeah. Uh, the same story. Fucking North Koreans, you know, <laughs> uh, are always involved in some shit. Um, to be nah, destroyed but, 15 times over. Yeah, not 14 like the rest <laughs> of the countries. Um, no, nah, I mean, it's just kind of, uh, you know, it, it's basically like really... It's action. It's kind of like it tries to to give you some cool stuff that's happening, you know, especially with that fight on the side of the mountain uh, that we've seen in the trailer. It's okay, you know, like I don't mind it. Um, At least that time we know they're using wires and they're clearly wires. Uh, I wonder how much of that stuff was, um, you know, CGI and how much was some of the... combination of that and stunts you know it looked kind of cool it was it was interesting um for the longest time they didn't even feel like that was like part of the same movie because yeah because when they first like you had almost like two separate movies going on because because snake eyes is such a distinct character yeah and you know like he's kind of like wears a mask and you don't see him so he kind of feels like 
unless he's like in the midst of all the G.I. Joes, he feels like he's a different movie. Yeah. He feels like he's more of like a some kind of fantasy movie and then you have like the real guys over here, <laughs> you know? Because I thought, because literally it's like, okay, so here's the regular movie where like the Joes and the president and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden you go to this like mountain terrain with this odd cameo and I was like, wait, is this the right, like did we... What's going on right now? <laughs> well, and the funny thing is the cameo was actually in the city in a building. Yeah. I don't know if you caught that, but like that whole scene happens in the city in the middle of like a right. big city right. yeah. inside a building. Um anyways, like it, that was an odd cameo and it felt like it didn't quite fit into the movie, but you know it is part of it. <laughs> it kind of was, is there, and yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's part of the whole lore, and seems to be because it kind of um, enveloped into the sort yeah. of backstory had, like, of, of a couple of the characters. Of the first movie, because they did sort of explain what the deal was with uh, with uh, Snake Eyes and Something Shadow. Yeah. Storm Shadow, I think. Storm Shadow, yeah. yeah. Because I do remember, like, as soon as, like, that whole, like, scene was happening, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Because I remember, like, there were kids in the first one, or they showed them as kids, and, like, what it was exactly that caused them to, like, hate each other. Um, that, again, was just, like... They they just need, like, Snake Eyes is basically where Wolverine was as an X-Men 2, where it was like, okay, like, you're clearly kind of the coolest thing in this movie, but it's he's like, supposed we need to, be, to like, yeah, you we know, need to like he's out supposed to... to be kind of the coolest thing, but they don't really give him yeah enough. Like that's the thing. There's no like I, I feel like there was no while that, that fight up on the thing was kind of cool, I just never felt like I was like, holy shit, that was fucking insane. It almost happened because um a friend that I saw us with, like, she was like uh um I was, I was saying something to her about like the action and stuff, and she's like, "Oh yeah, it was cool." And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "When Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes first meet, it was actually filmed well when they're in that hallway, and then as soon as they got out of the hallway, it got like standard Hollywood because it was just like." And I was laughing to myself, and I was like, "Oh, well." It's, so when you it have, started off, it good, started, but yeah. then all of a sudden it got into the shaky camp thing yeah. again. Because it was, and I was like, just like, yeah. "Where is this? Is this is like the perfect moment? And this is the perfect film? Yeah, and this is the perfect moment in this perfect film to do, even if you're using CGI to augment it, like to have these guys just." do like insane movies in like crazy slow motion like see the things like flying slowly where they you yeah. kind of saw that for a moment but like you know like where they're like doing these like moves and reacting to things where you're just kind of like yeah slow it down show us that these guys are just like you know yeah these ultimate the badasses yeah. yeah you you see him kind of shooting down the shurikens because they almost it almost but, started off like how the raid started in the hallway when they were like first kind of like when they right like got up on each other and it was just kind of like that like off the wall kicking off and stuff like that was fine but then as soon as they like spun I can't remember if it was that that's when they went out the window or if they went into another room but like when they got out of the hallway that's when it was kind of like oh okay now it's typical like fast edits and kind of like whatever thing and I guess it might have just been like they there was nowhere for the camera to go so they're like oh, okay let's just stay here <laughs> but it's yeah because like, just the sound a shame because I, like, I just expected that to be just 
Yeah, like, I mean that's the because that, these the are fight. the two yeah. guys you know you kind of expect <laughs> like they're brothers they're equally matched or you yeah. know I guess you had I I have the sense that Snake Eyes is kind of above Storm Shadow but I feel like that <laughs> shouldn't have been the sense yeah like it's just kind of really weird and then you know like I don't know yeah after that there was nothing really that impressive. Yeah, I think like action goes. I think there was fan service like to the, the rocks like car thing because I I like recognized it instantly as like one of the toys kind of thing. Yeah, but it was just kind of like, yeah, it's cool, but it's not doing anything that you wouldn't expect a vehicle that looks like that to do. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't like a oh like I need to drive that vehicle. Like if I just won the lottery today, let me buy that. It was like oh, okay, yeah, you're like taking stuff out. But that's what you're supposed to do, you know. You're doing your job. Yeah, and even <laughs> even that was kind of sort of yeah. like okay, um, I guess it was it was sort of like a nod to old school yeah. while they're kind of building up like all these new weapons. And even like they they do certain setups where you're like, oh, this is gonna be awesome somewhere at some later point in the movie, and then it's gone. Yeah. Like the setup with the cool new weapons that where you can kind of like aim the bullet around yeah. corners and stuff like that yeah use the one so where where is it where is it like you use that once in the beginning of the movie and you expect this thing to, to make a comeback like towards the end of the movie at like a key point yeah. where somebody just gets shot like with it and no nothing not it also yeah. the thing that was kind of like pointless to me was and I guess kind of maybe Again, like fan service, Cobra didn't need to be in the movie. Cobra Commander, like it was just like he doesn't really do anything. He like has like ten lines. He commands, and then he walks in slow motion in like a cool way. But like he, doesn't I know really... while everything, everyone, everybody's <laughs> chasing everybody. Everything is shooting. Everybody, he's just like he yeah. has his slow pace, slowly walking. <laughs> away from everything, like, walking towards the... the helicopter. Like, he never breaks stride. He's just chilling. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to take my thing. helicopter and go home. This fight is over. Like, it's like, it's ah, just, yeah. all right. Well, yeah. let's, let's, let's like, go. I'll be back. I'll be back for three. Yeah. Like, there was just no... Like, there almost wasn't a villain. Wasn't there some kind of a big discovery in the first movie? And I don't care if this is a spoiler to people who haven't seen the first one. Um... They're accelerated shoots. What do uh, they accelerate? It accelerates you. Um, <laughs> that Joseph Gordon-Lovett's character was like Cobra Commander or I something think like so. that. Yeah. Right? So yeah. So I guess he didn't sign on for the second one because that's he could have been in the suit. Joseph Gordon-Lovett. <laughs> no, he's not that tall. I mean, he's kind of average height. This guy is like taller than everybody around him. Yeah. Um. Who's Distra? Why is he out of the band? Why did they, like, diss him? Why didn't they, like... I just... think he's, like, uh... What's that character? They might as well have just been, like... I think he's right, just, like, the along. star scream of G.I. Joe, where it's just, like, he's just the character that, like, Cobra hates on, I think. Like, I don't know the cartoon no enough. Yeah, but just, like, always, I guess, wants to, like, unseat him, so he's trying to do whatever, and it's like, you failed me for the last time. I think it's, like, one of those people. Um, okay. You're out of the band. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and even then, you down here. Yeah, and even then, he's gonna come back for three. You know it. He's gonna have some kind of beef, you know, with Cobra and GI Joes and everybody else. He's gonna try to kill everybody. I guess I'll have to be like, well, actually, no. The first one was Rise of Cobra. 
Because obviously, I was like, that's what you would call the third movie. You know, it's the revenge, right. revenge of Kirby. First one had Christopher Ecclestone in it. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, this is kind of one of those movies, I guess, if you're a fan of the franchise, it's okay. Um, overall, it I feel like while it didn't do enough to make me think this is fucking awesome as far as like the action there were some moments where i was like okay that's that's cool uh like i like the 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 whole and but we've seen this on the trailer when he kind of like jumps off of the bike and it's like the bike yeah. like disassembles and like flies off and like yeah. blows stuff up that was kind of cool i i wanted to see more of that kind of stuff i was hoping to see like more badass kind of fight fights um uh I was also expecting to see more from the character Flynn. Flynn? Flint. Yeah. Uh, the guy who kind of like <laughs> ends up putting up the G.I. Joe's like flag yeah. <laughs> up there in the beginning. Like he does like this kind of like crazy thing and like you expect then kind of from that character. Like it, there's all these setups for things yeah. that never come to fruition at the end. And, and I wonder how much of that was... Uh, like adjusted within this whole year that yeah. they didn't release it maybe there was a lot of those things that they were like oh well you know like we have to take these things out and then that's why the setups maybe were still there but then the executions at the end weren't yeah um uh, so i wonder how much of that's there but um i feel like that's that that was kind of like a little bit of a disappointment, you know? There wasn't really, like... They, I feel like they phoned in the, like, save the day of this movie, too. And a lot of that's what I was kind of what I was saying, like, also what I was getting at with, like, it just felt like a trailer for, like, something else. Because it was just, like... You have this story of our, like... Basically, Special Forces team just got, like, burned, and now we're on our personal mission... And it never really felt like a personal revenge mission. It was just kind of like, oh, okay, this is the episode where the Joes get screwed over. This is the episode where the Joes figure out that such and such is in charge. This is the episode where then this happens. And then this is the end of the movie where, like, that, like it was like... Because even, like, the whole, like, president being, like, kidnapped, like, imposter, and, like, it was like, oh, okay, like, I guess. <laughs> and then it's like you do the whole, like... Uh, you know, the thing, again, another thing from the trailer where it's, like, you launch the weapon and it, like, destroys something. And it's like, oh, wow, I guess in their universe, France and London don't exist anymore. Like, why even live in Europe? Because France got destroyed in the first one with that, like, oh, did it? nanotech thing. Because everyone was giving them crap about why would you destroy the Eiffel Tower and all that stuff um, for an international audience. But now they destroyed London. So it's like, all right, you live in so a world Paris now. London. Yeah, you live in a world where, like, Europe kind of, like, is in bad shape. Well, so. Germany is the strongest economic <laughs> force in Europe, and so maybe rise of the Germans in the in the third one. Yeah. GI Joe. Just get just get Michael Bay <laughs> on board with GI Joe three, and it'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's it is what it is. Yeah, you don't expect much from this movie. It has some kind of halfway funny lines. Um, you know, some delivered by Bruce Willis. Um, he was actually pretty tame. Brenda. Uh, yeah, and, you know, stuff like that. It just, in the end, it's, you yeah. know, I could care less personally. 
but if if it was between this and Olympus has fallen, I I might pick pick this because yeah. at least this knows what it is. Yeah. Versus Olympus has fallen, that kind of tries to reach for something that it then it kind of like negates. This is also kind of a movie that. Interestingly enough, so it's like, you know, The Rock right now, the kind of like the joke is that you bring The Rock in to sort of like reboot your franchise, kind of like soft reboot your franchise. Um, but the thing is, it's like what's cool about his role in Fast and Furious is it's like, oh, okay, like you're just becoming one more cool thing in an already like solid ensemble cast. Yeah. And I felt like this movie was like, okay, let's hang the entire movie on The Rock instead of like trying to like yeah, figure out what had, else is going had, on honestly like with, with Snake Eyes you have this perfectly built in like badass to kind yeah. of like you know make jokes about like have all these things like uh, you know yeah. like all this stuff is like right there and then you had as I said like in the in the beginning they set up Flint or Flynn or Flint whatever his name is <laughs> uh, to be like this like ultimate like covert dude like he can sneak he by like he can sneak it, by anybody do anything and just like get behind people and like take them out and like they wouldn't yeah. even know that he was ever there like yeah. he'll drink coffee out of your cup and you won't even know um and it's just like then you just never use him yeah and it's like the movie ends with with what nothing like you get nothing from this guy you don't get any kind of like ultimate fight from from yeah. uh, from Snake Eyes. I mean, it's just like, why? Why do you have all these like characters? Why do you set up all these characters to have their own things yeah. when you're not gonna utilize those things? You know, you have the Rock as like the the you know Arnold Schwarzenegger of this movie, who's just like, you know, like I'll punch something and punch through a wall when you don't use it. I mean, what's the point? The so same thing with so like that's the, uh, what's frustrating to me about films like this, you yeah. know. The same thing when they they shoehorned uh, like Snake Eyes' sidekick into the movie, where it was just like the woman. Oh, yeah, where it was just like, oh, you can trust her, and she's just like fighting all this stuff. And I was like, where did you? Why are you in this movie? <laughs> Maybe she's a character. She probably is, but I was just like, she's got a what? What was her name? Jax or something? I think it's like that? Jade. No, because Jane is her Jay Lady J is Adrian Pizzi's character so it's Lady J that's Lady that's J, the Adrian Pizzi yeah. but so. this this is like either Jax or or something like that yeah. yeah I you know it's just whatever I mean maybe she's a character in it but yeah. like you know I, yeah yeah I don't know it's all kind of <laughs> it's all kind of mysterious to me yeah. it feels like it feels like this film was like, as I said, in the beginning, you kind of have setups, and then it feels like, I mean, I don't know if this happened or not, maybe this was just how it was made, but how it feels to me is you had all these setups in the beginning, and then somebody else made the rest of the movie with whatever they had in mind, and yeah. didn't pay attention to what, what happened in the beginning. Yeah. That's what it feels like. <laughs> and... They should have consulted Wachowskis about how to do proper fight scenes. Like everyone else in Hollywood. I look forward to talk to, to those the, people. To the gritty reboot of G.I. Joe in ten years' time. 
<laughs> they take it seriously. With the original Christopher yeah. Nolan. The original Maker Joe. of the Dark Knight. I'm just calling it I.M. G.I. Joe. Yeah. G.I. Joe. But yeah, I would give G.I. Joe... Uh, I'd say a three and a half. Because it is actually like a really fun kind of movie. There's just not a whole lot going on. Um, I'd say I'd go with a three. Lines. Just kind of an average, you know, yeah. whatever. Like, watch it if you're a fan of the franchise. But, like, otherwise there's not going to be much for you in there. Um... But now, we have gotten to the point in our show where we ask the ultimate question. Brandon, for you, out of these five movies that you have seen in the past two weeks, which one is the last film standing, standing, standing? So, as we uh, said last week, uh, as with uh, a friend Muhammad, <laughs> friend Muhammad in Atlanta, who uh, is like the real test is would you take, you know, would you pay full price in the evening? Uh, I would not for and the host. Take a date yeah. So, pay two full yeah, price so tickets in New York. In New York, yeah. Uh, the host, I would say, stream it. Uh, if there's nothing else that you can stream. It's not terrible. It's actually got a lot of interesting ideas in it, but it's just kind really, of... Really, the question was, what, what was yeah. the last film standing? Not what was the last... What was the first film down? Of course. <laughs> so, the host is down! The host is down! Uh, and then, I would probably... Uh, stuff, because I, I feel uh, like... Oh, there's, there's some thinking going there. Because there wasn't really like a movie that I thought was great out of the five. Like, they were okay. all kind of, like, you know, they are all decent. Um, I will probably eliminate Admission next. Again, like, a solid movie, but forgettable. Uh, so the most Admission fall down first. fall down. Uh, so then you've got two action movies and an indie. Um, I am actually probably going to drop out... Uh, to the gasp of our listeners, uh, a place beyond the pines here. Um, again, like it was just the uh, you know step one listener. <laughs> Who did the spit take? Uh, but I'm really like you know when I'm really affected by a uh, an indie movie, I tell you as uh, as I did with you know Spring Breakers and Stoker and uh, a couple others that we've seen in the years. So um, this one I thought was good. Uh, I would probably say go watch Blue Valentine instead. Um, which is, is uh, Derek San Francisco's stronger work. Uh, so then it comes down to Olympus Has Fallen and G.I. Joe Retaliation. Both really you would have the same objective on hand. I just want to go watch people kick ass and things blow up. Um, I guess I actually will go with... Hmm. It is tough. It is tough. I will, I, I will go with Olympus Has Fallen. For this week, just because uh, of Gerard Butler, admit it. I mean, admit it's it. because it's because like I do remember. Do not take too much time to answer. It's it's admit only it. because <laughs> it's only. Yeah, I, I would say what what edged it out is the needless cameo in in GI Joe Retaliation, <laughs> where I literally was just like, I don't understand why you're in this movie. That that was the problem. That because... was the biggest thing that bothered you about that movie. <laughs> there's this. Uh, there's this comedian 
that is talking about um, some is like some movie where like I think it was like Doctor Doolittle, and it had something to do with like like no, like no one would like treat something this way or like the like the police would do this or like the something, and he just he goes I turn to my girlfriend and I say there have been talking animals in this movie. <laughs> For the last two hours, and that's what bothered you. <laughs> so this terrible cameo in GI Joe retaliation, and I'm sure by now it's blown up over the internet and all that stuff. Uh, who it is? But if you happen to have missed it, um, enjoy. Yeah, enjoy. It's it doesn't fly inside you. Uh, but Olympus has fallen. As soon as you hear the voice, though, yeah, it's like what? Which means that it's what? technically connected to to the to the universe of another movie. Um, which that's that's why I was again like confused. I was like, wait, did I just like wake up and I'm like watching that movie now? Like I don't. So uh, Olympus has fallen um, because it's you know it's just it's a solid kind of movie of its type. Uh, you know, as he said about GI Joe, um, you know, it's a movie that knows what it is, what it is. Uh, it's not perfect, but it's a fun, a fun, a fun. That well, would, that would get as here. for me, yeah. I'll, I'll just, you know, I'm not even going to go through all of them. Um, you know, when you see as many films as we do, um, you become really kind of picky about films. And like 99.9% of the films will just, you know, you, you'll see all those little flaws, yeah. you know, that you might have nor- normally overlooked. And... Um, you know, I saw three out of these five films. I saw Olympus Has Fallen, The Place Beyond the Pines, and G.I. Joe, Retaliation. And um, I just, you know, if I'm going to see something that's going to be based on action, based on, like, that kind of stuff, um, you know, I want to see some action. And that's why G.I. Joe is just not fully there. Uh, it just doesn't live up to it. Uh, Olympus Has Fallen, you know tries to do something a little more kind of real life this is dramatic this is kind of and at times it succeeds it does uh, you know a really good job you know like i know even even myself at the moment where um where um you know he saves the kid that was kind of a you know like oh yeah finally you know like that's awesome like and that felt good yeah. and just like there's those kind <clears throat> of moments in that in this film um, and it's an okay film, um, but it still just kind of fails, you know, to me, like in, in, in those little things where you're kind of like that attention to detail just wasn't there. And that's where I think the place beyond the pine succeeds and it's attention to detail. Um, it's not a perfect movie. Um, you know, I, I agree with Brandon sort of, um, you know, my two favorite films so far this year are Spring Breakers and, um, and, um, uh, Stoker. Um, The Place Beyond the Pines, though, is a very solid movie. Um, I, I think it's worth going to see it. Um, it, it's something that will give you a nice look, I, but it's, it's still a melancholic film. And if you don't want to see a melancholic film, you know, maybe you go for Olympus Has Fallen, you know, as far as, like, action-wise and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, out of out of these films, it's not even close. Um, just simply the, the better film by a long shot is The Place Beyond the Pines. And that's not even, like, to me, even close. So, um, 
that's what you should go see. Yep. A place. And there you have it. And so, it brings us two plugs of the week in the last seven days Actually, two weeks. Anything worth uh, bringing up to the listeners? Um, yes-ish. Um, so, you know, I, I'm kind of dug up into a certain amount of shows. I'm, I'm jumping in and out of watching Breaking Bad, and I've kind of jumped back in again, and I've watched some episodes. I think I'm in the third season right now, and that's a fantastic show. If you have... If you haven't had a chance to see it, it's an awesome show. Um, you know, it does have, you know, kind of its heavy moments and stuff like that, but it's really kind of an interesting way to watch sort of this character <laughs> devolve in a way, you know? Um, and uh, it, it's really kind of cool. Um, Brian Cranston deserves all the credit he's gotten for that character. Um and, uh, you know, I'm still watching sort of my Star Trek uh, universe uh, shows. Um, <laughs> I've started now. I've gotten to the point in Star Trek The Next Generation where they start crossing paths with Deep Space Nine. So I started watching Deep Space Nine now also. Uh, the first black uh, commander or captain. He's not really a captain because he runs, uh, doesn't run a ship. He's... That's a station, so he's commander. Commander Cisco. Um, and uh, it's really cool. I mean, it's a it's an awesome show on its own right. It has a somewhat different uh, feel to it because um, they're not traveling through space. They have kind of a standard spot where they are, and then it's just like characters coming in and out of the show. Like, you know, like every every episode, it's like, you know, okay, these new characters are showing up, this stuff is happening. Um, it's kind of cool. It's They're still getting their bearing and sort of working out, like, the kinks and, you know, working with the characters and stuff like that. Um, looking forward to see sort of how it develops. And, I, you know, I saw some random episodes when it first came on, but... Um, I didn't like follow follow it so it'll yeah. be interesting to to see it um we mentioned earlier uh Rhett Reese who wrote a zombie land um yeah. in conjunction to G.I. Joe Retaliation and uh, apparently zombie land is being made into a tv show yeah um and so um, for it's for Amazon. So Amazon is now uh, getting their um, um, their shows now uh, up and running. Um, and um, well, there's uh, there's uh, an actor, one of the actors in it, basically the the guy who's replacing um, um, Eisenberg. Hmm. Eisenberg, yeah, Jesse Eisenberg yeah. is someone that I've worked with before, um, actually in Florida um, on a play, uh, Wait Until Dark. Um, wonderful young actor. Uh, check it out. Um, I'm looking forward to see to see the show and to see Tyler do do the show, um, act in it. Um, he's uh, in L.A. now and just uh, I guess he he got this now and it's uh. It's really good. Uh, I'm looking forward to checking it out. 
It's interesting because... I, I know I enjoyed the film, so we'll yeah. see how this will go. It's interesting because I'm in that position where Amazon is hoping that someone like me will subscribe to Amazon to watch Zombieland because I don't currently use it. So just, I, I get uh, I get enough content to, to keep me kind of busy with Hulu and Netflix. And I'm curious because I'm just like, okay, Zombieland, because I was trying to look at it like even from the House of Cards standpoint where it's just like, okay, like Zombieland, like I enjoyed the movie. I, I'm kind of indifferent to it being a TV show. I am probably going to wait until, like, mm. I hear, like, more about it, like, when it's yeah. been on for, like, three or four episodes to kind of get a sense of what people are saying, or I presume they'll probably take Netflix's model, maybe, um, if the, and, and put the entire series, um, season on, so it's kind of one of those where it's just like, all right, yeah, like, do I want to, do I not want to, I mean, the, the, the price entry is cheap, it's, like, seven, eight bucks, um, but it's just yeah, like... Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, Netflix. Um, they have a, uh, in general, I think Amazon and Netflix have a somewhat similar stuff now, yeah um you know i amazon did have fringe which i really wanted to see so i mean i have uh amazon prime yeah so i get to watch that kind of stuff like yeah. so I, so i watched pretty much all of fringe up to the last season um haven't watched that yet but uh you know I'm, most of the time i watch netflix because there's just so much content on there that i want to see so yeah. that there's no like reason for me to jump out but um well the you thing know, that i, I wonder i mean i, I might have gotten it just because i know tyler so yeah. i might have gotten the the subscription but i don't know if i'd have like gone for it then again i, I I enjoyed Zombieland and I really liked the film, but I'm not like that kind of a yeah. zombie freak, you know, like fan. So that I would like, oh my god, Zombieland! And that's the thing too. Know, like so. they're they're also competing against. Um, to that point, actually, they just thought the about Walking of, yeah, Dead. Yeah, The Walking Dead, which is doing really really well now. So it's kind of one of those things because the well, Walking Dead in, was in already... a way because the thing is. I I don't see it as like someone will watch either one or the other. No, I mean, I mean it more in the sense of, I, I would argue that for non-comic people, which is like is myself included, The Walking Dead came at a time and it's like, the last thing I want to do is watch a show about zombies because I'm so tired of zombies. And then that show happened yeah. to be that good where I was like, oh, okay, like, this is, it was, it was exactly the Battlestar Galactica thing. It was exactly the Friday Night Lights thing where it's like, oh, this is a sci-fi show. No, it's about these characters inside of this sci-fi show. No, it's about these characters that happen to live in a football town. And, like, that's what Walking Dead was. It's like, it happens to be these characters in, like, a post-apocalyptic thing. And it's kind of like, all right, now that we've done that and we've done it well, do I want to watch that? but slightly different. Zombieland will have a completely different identity than Walking Dead will, but it's like, I'm already watching It has a little bit more of a comedic lean yeah. to it, you know, so, so I, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll kind of keep that yeah. uh, sense of it. Um, but, I mean, it's You know, just, it, just, it, it might be interesting. To, I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely check it out, um, yeah. you know, and, uh, and I'll see, see how, how they do, you know. The one thing Amazon's going to have to do and hopefully they will by the time, because I think they're like, this is all just like kicking off now. I think it's supposed to come out like next year or something like that. Um, 
they're really going to have to figure out how to get on all of these devices because that right now is why Netflix is so like, like even with the house of cards thing, like you literally could see a poster on the street and be like, Oh, let me check that out and watch it on your way home. Like on yep. Netflix or whatever. You totally and right could. Now, and, that, and that's something that Amazon hasn't done. Really. Yeah. And they yeah. haven't really gone after the market. And I don't yeah. know if it's because Netflix has like one of those, like, like Microsoft does occasionally where it's just like, we are going to buy exclusive licensing to like whatever the language would be thing and well I mean I think they also invested in their own hardware and that's that's and that's where they're that's kind of banking yeah. to say like oh well you yeah, know if you have our Amazon Kindle you can watch it kind yeah, of thing but they're in a true. way shooting themselves in the foot because they're limited as far as from the from the content yeah. side they're shooting themselves in the foot so I think that's where where the issue comes in when you're both a content provider and you want to also create hardware it's kind of like from from what I know most of the companies don't really make money on the hardware themselves yeah. so I think Amazon is like well you know basically they're making money off of advertising through Kindle and, and, and Kindle Fires and and then you know you buying content yeah but then on the other hand wouldn't it have been better if they had made apps for all the different devices that are out there for for your nexus for your ipad for your iphones for you you know like your android phone for whatever yeah. even windows phones and surfaces and and like you know like the the windows operating system you just throw it all together like create these really great easy to use apps where people then then can purchase your stuff through those apps versus yeah. having to buy your hardware in yeah. order to be you know yeah it just kind of like i don't know it just seem, doesn't seem like the best approach to it um you know yeah but whatever um i mean for me it's like you know, I watch it on my PS3, I have Amazon, or or on the Roku, I have Amazon, I have Netflix, I can watch either, or, you know, on both of them, whatever, it, it all works nicely, so yeah. it doesn't really affect me. I, I don't really watch on my, uh, on my phone a lot, but yeah. I know people do, so... Um, as far as just plugs for myself, nothing really new content-wise. Uh, the Wolverine trailer came out. Um, it's worth a look. Uh, I think everyone is kind of in the same boat of uh, being kind of hopefully optimistic about it, but it kind of playing as more um, kind of like everything else. Uh, I know a lot of people were thinking that it was going to be um, very, very, I guess... Uh, stylistically different um just with it taking place in japan and even some of the initial teaser posters had sort of the japanese calligraphy on it um but i know i was listening to another podcast and they were like yeah it sounded like it was going to be like a really cool like standalone thing obviously inside of you know 20th century fox's new x-men universe that they're trying to tie together with the next x-men movie but uh it looks more like x-men origins wolverine which everyone can agree was not a good movie um so I, I'm kind of it'll be interesting. I'm I'm definitely optimistic about it, uh, just because I really like. It. <laughs> I, I'm not so because I because I, I like. Mean, I'm, you know, I'm hoping. I'm yeah. really hoping it's gonna turn out yeah. good. I'm just really worried about the action. I I yeah. just want to see a movie that does it properly, and I, it's been a while. I mean, yeah. honestly, since Cloud Atlas, I can't remember a movie that I can point to and say like 
that looked awesome. But yeah. like Cloud Atlas comes out of nowhere, and you just yeah. like watch this stuff, and like you watch Jim Sturgis, yeah. like just Handle. kick ass, yeah. and you're just like, where has this been? Why can't <laughs> no one else do this? What? What? Does is it really that hard? I mean, I guess it is. It must be. But these guys are awesome. Yeah. Wachowskis, do more stuff, man. I want to see. Well, hopefully their TV show. Yeah, what is it? What yeah, was it again? It's uh, Sense8 uh, that comes out next fall on, on Netflix. And what was it about? Uh, it's just the, right now they're saying it's just a sci-fi okay. original series. I am, I'm, listen, this guy here, very excited about that. <laughs> like, you know, I'm excited about that as, as I am about like Superman or any other movie that's coming out. Yeah. Like I could, you know, I'd rather watch that TV show than, than and I don't even know anything about it. Yeah, that I just be something I'll trust the Wachowskis. Yeah. It's just, you know, like, it just seems so effortless for them. They yeah. just make it seem so easy yeah. to create this, like, whole, like, fight scene, this whole, like, and you just watch it and it's like, Oh, I can see everything. Oh, man, the, that move that he made was amazing. He just, like, took down four guys with just, like, yeah. nothing. And, like, that looked awesome. Where is that and everything else that we watch? <laughs> Where is it? So, yeah, the Wolverine and then uh, some of the April Fool's Day stuff that I saw. I didn't really, like, get a huge roundup of it. Um, the one thing that I thought was funny was the iPlay, um, which... <laughs> uh, one of one of our ex. Well, Google did a bunch yeah. of stuff. Like I know YouTube did that whole thing where they that posted awesome, it. They were like, "This oh, is this eight is, year yeah. long contest for the greatest, video. the greatest and was, YouTube video." And I was ever. like, "I was like, like, that's a that kind of rich thing that you invent something just solely for that fact, and then you're like, oh, okay, I've seen enough. Eight years, this is the best done." Um, no, no, it was supposed to be, like, now they were supposed to take, like, another 12 years of, like, watching all the videos and deciding uh, who's going to be best. Enough. I don't know if it was yeah. 12 years, but it was, like, a long time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, some of that, the, the iPlay thing where Apple announced that they were getting into, like, the video game market, and I thought it was hilarious <laughs> because this guy on Facebook that, uh, it's mutual for them, um, a mutual... Did you see, man? Yeah, posted it, and I was just, like facepalmed I was like man it's like late into the day like it's not even like oh you saw this and it was like noonish like one two it's like seven eight p.m. and you're posting this but uh but you know some a lot of people it's like it's it's once once a year you can forget that these things do happen um, yeah anything that's posted on there <laughs> um yeah um but yeah, just, so check out some of that stuff. Uh, a lot of people have some cool roundups um, with the pranks and stuff, Gmail Blue, um, all that stuff. So that was... Well, that that was uh, yeah. their shot at Microsoft, the same way that Microsoft was doing uh, <laughs> uh, like their thing at Google. Because I guess if, if you search for Google and Bing, it would... Uh, take you to a page that looked like Google's search page but it said Bing on it yeah. in like the colors and it had like um, instead of I'm feeling lucky I, th I think it had a button that said I'm feeling confused or something like that I don't know. <laughs> so they were taking I, I just don't I don't understand why Microsoft is doing this whole like they're taking so many shots at Google and you're just like 
Why? They can afford to. No, no, but why? <laughs> like, do you think that any person on the planet of, the, of Earth is going to look at any of your, like, videos and shots at Google and say, you know, they got a proper point. Why don't I stop using Google and switch over to a Microsoft product? No, they won't. You have to create a good product, which what's unfortunate, they do have. They yeah. just don't know how to advertise their own products. Yeah. You know, like, they have products that, like, you know, measure up to, like, Google Docs and stuff like that and do the same uh, functionality and give you added functionalities of, like, being Word and, like, all this stuff. Nobody fucking knows about it. But everybody knows about Google Docs. It's just... (laughs) Because Microsoft even gives them more promotion by, like, mocking them. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, Google Docs. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Also, I think that movie, The Internship, was terrible. Because it looks oh, like... Oh, you, you it looks watched like, it or... You know, no, right? it's, that it, yeah, come out it's coming out, like, I think, this year. But it looks, yeah, it looks like sorry, it's, like, I'm, 10 years too late. I, like, it yeah, I feels just, like it's a 90s movie. Well... <laughs> which, may, way, like, yes. which may or may not, like, be good, but I was just like, wow. Like, and just the jokes on it. Yeah. Like the whole, like, pound me. Uh, no, yeah. you're not supposed to say that. Come on, man, fist me. Get up... I'm like, really? These are the kind of jokes? Like, okay, I'm going to take my five-year-old to this. He's going to find this funny. I don't have a five-year-old, but if I did, I might. It's just... You'd live in a place beyond the pines. Ah. Ah. Below the pines. This is (laughs) way below the pines. Under the pines. (laughs) Under the pines. Uh, And so, listeners, we bring episode 116 to a close. You can tell your friend that they can find Last Film Standing on iTunes via the web and iTunes itself, as well as Stitcher.com via their website or various mobile apps where you can subscribe, rate, and review us. And once again, you can follow myself on Twitter at Lamar Diablo. It's L-A-M-A-R Diablo, one word. You can follow Zed on Twitter at Last Z Standing. And you can contact us the new old-fashioned way at feedback at lastfilmstanding.com. Thanks for listening. Uh, We're still... I guess winter is not going quietly into that night. And spring break forever. And tell your friends! Alright, don't turn it off yet. Uh, Now, for those of you who (laughs) want to stick around and get some spoilers on the host, what the fuck happens there? Like, what... So, it was actually going to be a really awesome ending because she goes, there's the, basically what happens is she, she discovers that they have been killing the aliens when they extract them from the humans to, like, save them. So, like, they, they basically... They save the humans, they kill the aliens. Yeah. And what happens is you can actually save the alien, but it's sort of like a fish out of water thing. Like, it, not as immediate, but, like, you just need to, like, put it inside, of like, these, like, little, like, shell things. And so she basically is, like, she's lived for over, like, which is, again, one of the cool conversations. She's lived for, like, a millennia, and she's tired of living. She realized that human beings, like, with all this emotion and that people would, like, sacrifice and die and all this stuff. So she's, like, all right, I want you to save Melanie take me out of this body and kill me. And so there's a whole, like, everyone's saying goodbye, like, the music swells. She has this really awesome, like, shot where she's, like, looking straight up at the camera on the operating table, and she's just, like, human beings, blah, 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 like I thought. And it's, like, written in a way that's actually kind of, like, really, really, like, tugs on the heartstrings and then fades to black, and I was like, oh, that's kind of gangsta. And then, like, 
She like yeah, wakes yeah, up. She like wakes up and she's like, "Wait, like why am I?" But then you see Sierra Cerrone standing there, and she's just like, "Why am I alive?" Like, no, like Doc, you're supposed to promise me. Da da da. And she's like, "Hold on, give her a mirror." So they give her a mirror, and it's a different actor. And she's like, "Who is this?" And they're like, "Oh, when we were pulling the alien out of her, she's the only one that never woke up, and so she's been in a coma for however long. So we put her, you inside of her, so you could save her, and then." She gets saved, so then she's able to date the guy. But she wants to die. Yeah. So she's still kind of like, they still kind of fucked her over. But like, she's like, oh, it's I'm like, happy oh, that I get I'm to like be with you all now. And then the guy who, and again, this is weird because it's like, you were, you were in love with the alien when she looked like this. Melanie. But now you're in, are you the less attractive woman I don't, you well, kind of, you could still I back mean, out. You know? still like, well, I mean, <laughs> it's still her. let's assume it's yeah. like true love. So yeah, like, so you know, the yeah. personality is where it's at, like yeah. whatever. Yeah. But, um, so then the thing that they threaten you with the sequel, so there's that. And then, so she basically agrees that she's going to live amongst them and they're driving through the city, which makes no sense because why would you be driving through the city in an invasion? Because that's like super high visibility. So they get pulled over and when they get pulled over, they there's like the cop that's just like, okay, like everyone take off your sunglasses. Um, it's like, oh, you guys see like, their eyes. Yeah, and he's like, oh, you guys like to drive with sunglasses at night, and then it's like, okay, and then so he's like, oh, I see this human, human, human. Oh, like one of us. What are you doing? Like, are you their prisoner? No, I'm their friend. So she like takes the hand, and then he's just like, I thought I was the only one, and then he like gives the signal, and then other humans with other like. They were just standing around waiting. Yeah. (laughs) They were just like, yeah, they were like just driving around pulling people, which is kind of like, all right, again, like this extra 10 minutes is like causing too many logic issues that are like conflicting with the movie. So it's like, then they're all standing there and they're all just like, oh, okay, you're the fourth pocket of resistance that we found. Like, you know, hooray for us. And then it like pans up to the sky and then I'm waking up. And I was just like, hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah and also the Rizza is in G.I. Joe Retaliation playing his character more Rizzo. or less from Man with the Iron Fist and I was just like what are you doing this is, in this, this is movie? what happens to the Man with the Iron Fist yeah I was once like what leaves, are you doing once he leaves movie? whatever the hell that village because it's was. not even that he's playing the Rizza he's playing what should have been like a Ken Watanabe like F-list person. Like, it's like... Wait, Ken Watanabe is not F-list. No, but just, like, that version, but, like, the Ken Watanabe on the F-list, like, version oh, of okay. Like, it's like, like, that's who should have been playing that. Like, it's like, there's no reason for the RZA to be... And then, I don't know, he's just... His whole, oh, do not, you know, whatever, snake eyes. She will be, you know, whatever. It's like, what is happening? This is not the same movie. <laughs> what have we cut? He to? just has that kind of like a voice that yeah. did not. Like, like it's like you. I understand that you love like this, martial, arts, martial arts movies and all the stuff. Like you had your shot to do like that movie. It was a little weird. You probably shouldn't have cast yourself. It would have given that movie like an extra, maybe like half star. Because it's like he wasn't even like you know what I mean. Like it's like it wasn't even like he was playing something that he could play. 
Because yeah. that was like a role that like someone needed to be like big to like play Iron Fist or have it be like if it was animated, you could do the like skinny guy that like has this Iron Fist just made no sense. Rizzo just did not need to be <laughs> Hating on the Rizzo. You, you gonna have Wu-Tang because I was like down on you. Because the first thing that happened when I saw him, I was just like, is there a... Is this song or is there routines on the album? Like, is that what the deal that they made? Like, why is he in this movie? Like, I guess he just loves G.I. Joe. And then it made me wonder, like, I was like, all right, well, I guess he was in the movie before he made his movie, and maybe that's what happened. Like, it's, like, kind of in reverse. I think so. Because they would have shot G.I. Joe. I don't think he made his movie because of this movie, even if they were shot, like, you know, whatever. He yeah. probably had his... Because he would have literally shot it after they shot G.I. Joe, because G.I. Joe would have had so much post that they probably shot this in, like, 2010. And then yeah, because it was supposed, it all supposed last to come out. Yeah, so, yeah, they what if he was added? What if he was added? What he if that's why there was, there was a delay? They were like, we got to put in... They saw a I man with the almost, iron fist, and they were like, we got to put in... I could almost see them being like, we needed more snake eyes, and that's why they added in... We need more snake eyes. Yes. <laughs> Christopher Walken showed up, and he... He decided that we needed more snake eyes in this movie. We should have brought back Marlon Wayans. What was he doing? Nothing. Scary movie? Four? Five. Five. I finally saw the preview for that and was just like, oh, this is the movie that Lindsay Lohan was complaining about? She was complaining about it? Yeah, because apparently in the script... Uh, they were what, making fun what of she's, What she's screaming at was supposed to be something like different on the TV, but she and the, they cut it together, so she's actually screaming at the fact that she's being uh, like taken back to jail again or something like that. And so she thought that was in bad taste and tried to get them to take it out. And she's like, oh, no, yeah. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I can care less. Your taste privileges have been revoked. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>